When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Reality with the King. It's me, Carlos King, the king of reality TV and one of the most sought after executive producers in reality television with over 10 years of production experience. Once a week on Reality with the King, we'll sit down with my friends across the entertainment industry, recap our favorite reality shows, and revisit unforgettable moments that we are still talking and tweeting about. Hey, Raindrops. On today's episode of Reality with the King, we have to talk about breaking news. It's a nanny 911. I can confirm that, yes, every single New Jersey housewife plus the friend's child, hey, Jackie, has been asked to come back to the next season of The Real Housewives of New Jersey. Now, y'all know how I feel about this already, and I have more to talk about. But I could not do this episode alone. I am joined by my girl, who I love, love, love. Her name is Sarah Galley, and she is the host of the very popular and successful podcast called Andy's Girls. And she knows all things Bravo and more. Please give it up, y'all, raindrops, for my girl, Sarah. Oh my God, the king and the dame ah. meet again. I could not be happier. A tale of two clophases. We are ready. I mean, Carlos King, I can't tell a dream come true to be on the people's people's couch here in my cloth kiki to really deep dive everything with you. You are, you are the one. Aww. You are the one. So this is a thrill. Thank you so much for having me. I know a lot of people have been anticipating my response because I said on everyone's podcast, including my own and wherever there was a microphone and a ring light, that I needed Melissa gone. I was very honest about it. I've said that I don't want to see a show with Teresa and Melissa at the same time. I'm done. I said either you keep Teresa and lose Melissa and put her on pause for a year or you keep Melissa and spin off Teresa, Louie, and the girls. Unfortunately, no one listens to me like they never do. And we see how that ends up for people. But it is true, Sarah. Everybody has been asked back. Before I give you my deep dive opinion about it, which may surprise some people or not. What are your thoughts on this, Sarah? Well, I mean, similar to your thinking, there was a long period of time where it wasn't even just my opinion, but absolute expectation 
that it was seemingly impossible to continue the story on New Jersey with both Tree and Melissa. Like, to me, it became less about sides and opinions of who you empathize with most and more about just pure production logistics. Are we going to see a season where the cast is literally split in the worst possible way where we can't see group events or group dynamics. And honestly, now I'm okay with it. I feel like they will figure a way out. I honestly don't think that Teresa and Melissa are the biggest hindrance to filming next season. I think that there's somebody else who's going to have a bigger impact in that. Who? Louie. I think that there's going to be a lot of difficulty with cast members wanting to film with Louie. I don't think that it's about Teresa and Melissa or even Teresa and Joe. I think that the last episode of the reunion was very bad for Louie, which of course makes me concerned for Teresa, but like also for the cast moving forward, he threatened everybody in the cast like every time he took a breath. Allegedly. No, so let, let, let's talk about this. But literally, no. we literally timed <laughs> it. We literally, allegedly, literally, I mean, potato, potato. But no, listen, all jokes aside, what is so interesting about all of this is the fact that I have heard from a very reliable source that allegedly Margaret Joseph has threatened not to film this upcoming season of The Real Housewives in New Jersey if Louie is a part of it. The reason being is because, as we all saw in the amazing three-part reunion, that Margaret has alleged that Louie contacted her son at his work and they have the phone records to prove it. And she said that not only did Louie contact her son, that he... You say literally, I say allegedly, threatened her son. And she doesn't want any involvement with him. So I'm saying you are right in the sense of that is what I'm also hearing. One thing about The Real Housewives is at the end of the day, it is about the women and their relationships. Margaret is great for the show. She's a great housewife. I think Margaret's fantastic. You got to be very careful when you threaten, allegedly threaten, in this case, Margaret threatening not to film if somebody's a part of it because you don't want people to call your bluff. So if that is true, Sarah, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, I think that's an excellent point. I mean, BCC, the negotiations for legacy, because if you threaten to walk, if you're not going to get what you're paid, unfortunately, even if you I would argue, deserve it, they might well walk. Like, are you prepared for what's going to happen if they take you at your word? Um, It's hard because I totally agree with what you're saying. I think the worst possible thing a housewife can do, aside from one-off moments when it's, like, spectacular, is to threaten not to film. However, how much of that, of what Marge is saying, is a threat versus a reaction? Like, how much of it is... Her just saying, I hate this person, so I'm not going to film with them versus I am responding to how they behaved at the reunion and what we are currently led to believe both by Rachel, the, you know, questioning of what happened with um, John Fuda's ex-wife to what Louis himself was saying to the fact that he arranged for security to arrive for his and Teresa's protection without informing production. Like there's a lot that happened that didn't make sense. 
that, that honestly, I have a lot of empathy for Teresa about, like, I really, I want her to be happy. I want her to have her happy, happily ever after. But I know so many tree huggers and people who are team tree who are like every alarm in my body is going off about Louis. So I don't begrudge March for saying that. Yeah, no, a lot of people feel like Louis is dangerous in general. A lot of people have alleged that they believe um, Louis is using Teresa. A lot of people have been alleging that Louis is taking advantage of Teresa's fame to create his own notoriety um, by being married to her. I didn't watch last season of The Real Housewives of New Jersey. I didn't see a lot of the Louis behavior that a lot of people have saw to warrant their opinions about him. I was very honest that I have definitely um, communicated with Louis from what I have experienced with Louie, he he has been nothing but a great person, a great guy, very nice, very chill. He loves Teresa. Um, that's my experience with Louie, and we all have our own experience. So I'm not going to just make stuff up that I haven't seen on the show because I've been very honest. I didn't watch the entire season because of that. Now, based on what I saw at the reunion... I definitely understand why people feel that way too, but I also understand why people are saying, and I said this too, Sarah, okay, Margaret, if he threatened your son, that is bad. And Louis should be condemned for that 1000%. And I will stand by that. What I questioned was why wasn't the receipt of the phone records shown um, the way the text message with Jacqueline Larita was shown as well. Like, is there some validity to it or not? That was my my questioning for that. But outside of that, now that the entire cast is coming back, I'm not sure I'm going to watch this upcoming season because what I feel like is going to happen, Sarah, is Teresa's over Melissa. And yeah. what, I, what I hate from a show that I've experienced, and I'm going to give you guys some examples, there is nothing worse than having main cast not speak to each other for multiple episodes. I don't know if you guys know this, season four of The Real Housewives of Atlanta, Nene and Kim did not speak for the entire season. And at that time in my career, I was a supervising producer. I was brought up on that show as being Nene and Kim's producer. I was the closest to Nene and Kim, and I could not merge these two people together. I could not forge a conversation. It damage that season. Nene and Kim not speaking May season four of the Atlanta Housewives, in my opinion, one of the worst seasons of, of Atlanta, mm. because you have these two big stars whose friendship we love did not even say a hello to each other. With Melissa and Teresa coming back, Sarah, Teresa, she's not going to talk to Melissa. No one can force her to do it. It's going to be a very weird season, and I'm going to say this, and y'all may be mad at me. I think it's very short-sighted to bring everybody back because I think we're all yearning for something different. And yet it feels like there would be a piece missing, honestly, potentially, if Teresa or Melissa were gone. And I know that doesn't make any sense. And I... I was one of the maybe few who really appreciated this season. I know a lot of people were exhausted and over it, and I completely understand it. And I wonder, honestly, how much of my interest in it, like I was really all in, how much of my interest in it was because I assumed this was the last season with Teresa and Melissa. I watched the finale, the wedding special, the three-part reunion, because I said, I want to be a part of history where I get to see how... 
Melissa and Teresa friendship ends. And I was, I'm going to be very honest with you all. I was satisfied with the ending of their story. I thought Melissa had her best um, reunion ever. And I thought it was nice to see the ending chapter of this story. And I also think this conversation is incredibly important because so often there, the standum on uh, social certainly really truly becomes like its own individual archetype. And there is this idea because it feels like a reality that tree huggers and Gorgita crunches as we are known, which was named by our friend Evan Real of page six. And I say that noting that there have been times with Teresa during Strippergate, during those tougher seasons where it was difficult for me to watch her because I thought, you know, the thing with Teresa is her capacity to really understand on an emotional perspective, another person's experience or opinion has been very complicated for, for her, just in my humble opinion. That being said, I can disagree with Teresa's behavior and absolutely still want the best for her. And I can disagree with Teresa's behavior and also say that the original sin needs to be resolved but between Teresa and Melissa and joining the show, which is not to say that they had a great relationship. It's not to say that this was entirely subterfuge, although obviously you would have a lot more to say about that, literally, not allegedly. <laughs> but with that being said, like I think that there is some nuance here of steps that could be taken so that Teresa feels heard. And I don't know if the same can be said for Melissa. I don't know that Teresa has that capacity. I think the olive branch always has to be extended to her first. But some of that might be because of the original sin, because of Teresa feeling like she was misled and manipulated in how her brother and sister-in-law joined the show. I have the capacity personally to find a lot of nuance and gray in this. But I also think Melissa at the reunion was like a fucking superstar EGOT level performance. I thought she was on fire. It was like giving go girl, give us nothing, which I was into. Okay. Now, Sarah, I have to ask, are you telling me that you are looking forward to seeing the same cast next season? I am telling you that based on Melissa's performance, it would make no sense for her to leave at this point. And if they don't want to cut tree and have her be on a spinoff because I think Louie has an impact in that. And I think he lost a lot of people by his behavior at the reunion, which didn't make sense. And I do just have to circle back on one little thing you said, which was a question about Marge, not having a screenshot that feels comparable to like the actual phone record. The important thing there to me is that Teresa and Louie both acknowledged that it was his phone number, which is why the little action after of like Teresa being like, oh my God, someone's calling me right after texting on her phone being like, look, this is an example of how someone can call from someone else's phone. It's like, I don't think that Teresa and Louie were questioning that somehow magically someone called from Louie's phone number. So I think that's important. Like, if they're not questioning the fact that that happened, we should believe them in that sense. It's just a matter of, of Louis taking responsibility for it. If he did it, condemn him. I, and, and I mean that, and I'm going on record saying that nobody should threaten someone's child. I don't care if they're 8, 18, or 88. They did not sign on to do the show. And I think that's something that is gross. 
And 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 I'm never going to waver from that. So I want the world to know if Louis did that, it's gross. And if Margaret is saying because he did it, allegedly, and that she doesn't want to film, look, I will say this. Nobody wants to feel like you're giving them an ultimatum. It's not going to end well for you. People don't like ultimatums. It doesn't end well for you. The other thing that's not ending well in terms for me, Sarah, is the fact that Jersey, to me, was one of the best franchises in the world. I'm disturbed, quite honestly, because it's okay to get rid of Lisa Renna. It's okay to put her on pause. It's okay to put Dorinda on pause. It's okay to put Tamara on pause. It's okay to put Kenya Moore on pause. These women who are iconic and deliver, why is it okay for these other women who are iconic, if you agree, to be put on pause and you mean to tell me we can't at least say let's see let's just see what a season could be like without one of them and i hear you but i think the difference there uh, certainly in those examples which i think are important is that when you look at dorinda's last season when you look at rena's last season if you look at kenya's last season if you look at nini's last season there is a common denominator, which is not even the relationships with other people, but a certain element of like over it darkness, especially with Dorinda, who truly couldn't acknowledge misbehavior because within the storytelling of that season, it was directly connected to her drinking, which she refused to acknowledge. With Rinna, she was just doing too fucking much. And it was almost unwatchable. And with Tamara, it felt like she had reached over the very, very top of whatever boiling a point point would have occurred where it's like, this isn't driving us forward. And it's not to say these aren't spectacular housewives. It's just to say that it felt like they needed to either be put on pause. And Andy said, Dorinda's the only one who really was or let go with Rinna and Tamara, who who honestly is a superstar for fucking acknowledging it and being like, yeah, I was fired yeah. and now I'm back, but I was fired. I think with Melissa, it's, it's a question of relationship and circumstance, which isn't to say that's not an issue, but it's to me not about her actual behavior. It's not that she's in a state of denial or a state where it's like, there's no coming back from this right now because you're doing too much. I personally don't see that. It, it doesn't take away from the like, how the fuck are we moving forward if these two people literally are dead to each other? I don't have an answer for that. But I did think that the Louis stuff aside, the reunion was still really fascinating and obviously really sad. And I don't it's it's a question mark. Maybe there's some idea or maybe there's an understanding with Teresa and Melissa where it's like we're neither of us want to say no to the fame, to the celebrity, and to the paycheck. And so they're just going to have to figure something out. Outside of Kenya, I, I didn't feel like Kenya's last season, she jumped the shark. But I I, I, I do agree with you about Tamara, Lisa, Renna, and Dorinda. About their last seasons before they were put on pause, it was sort of jump the shark-ish. It was sort of like they became a caricature of themselves, um, a little bit breaking the fourth wall and feeling like I'm the star and, and behaving that way. With that being said, do you think Teresa should be put on pause? I don't know. I I thought, I thought at a I always assumed that there were two housewives, I think, and I could probably still argue this, that have 
for reasons relating to seniority or just having a foundational role in a franchise would not to me be let go in any way in the near future. And I would say that for Kyle and Teresa, that I just think, say what you want about Kyle. She's not an alpha. She's a very strong beta. And she is at the foundation of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And I think Kyle's in my top five. But regardless of that, I think that she's foundational. Teresa's not in my top five. I can acknowledge she's really fucking important for the history of Housewives. And I can also say that she deserves to, I think she deserves to stay on the show. Like you can respect someone's history and power and the gifts they've given to Housewives and also say, I don't know that there's a future for them moving forward. I wouldn't say that about Teresa, but I do think as someone who is appreciative for Teresa that at a certain point, it can be difficult to watch her refuse to like listen and have capacity for someone else's opinion if it is in direct contrast to her own that can be tough that's also maybe what makes her a good housewife is like the refusal to acknowledge that that's still going to be tough for me but you know i I don't think that Teresa or melissa should necessarily lose their job as uh, in watching the reunion in its entirety I really don't. Stay tuned. We'll get into this conversation right after these quick ads. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. You know, look, as the king of reality television, I wear many hats. But that also means I need to be able to seek therapy because there's always some things that I'm going through that, child, I can't help myself, honey. So therapy has definitely helped me throughout my trials and tribulations in life. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills, and it empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist at any time for no additional charge. Visit betterhelp.com slash king today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash king. Rising prices stressing you out? If you're looking for ways to cut costs and stay on top of your finances, like me, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, and chances are you're one of them. Like that Stars app just to watch one show, or that free gaming trial you never actually used, Rocket Money will quickly and easily find your subscriptions for you. And for any who don't want to pay for it anymore, just hit cancel. And Rocket Money will cancel it for you. It's just that easy. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash R-W-T-K. That's rocketmoney.com 
slash R-W-T-K. This is Reality with the King, and I'm Carlos King. Let's get back into the show. Sarah, I have to ask you this. Speaking of networks and executives not liking ultimatums, do you think by Teresa telling Melissa... Well, I'm glad this is the last time I'm going to see you. And Melissa's like, where are you going? She said, oh, I'm not going anywhere, honey. You are. She said, oh, really? I am? Kind of intimating that one of us has to go. And Teresa even went as far as saying, well, you know, people are saying the show can move forward with the two of us. And Andy sort of made a face, right? Do you think that statement made the network think, even if we were thinking about maybe putting Melissa on pause, we can't make it seem like Teresa had the power to initiate it. I don't think that ultimately any decision about Melissa's future would have been decided by that moment alone. I think that moment became illustrative for people because it was Melissa had a very quick, smart ass response. And because it was a moment that ex- exemplified a lot about the state of their current relationship, that's why people latched onto it. But I absolutely don't think for a single moment that that was the reason that Melissa's back. Similar, by the way, to to me, to Carol saying to Andy, you're scared of her, to Bethany. Like, that was an iconic moment that was illustrative. That moment is specific in and of itself because I do think it pissed off Andy. But I don't think that's why Carol wasn't asked back. Like, it, it, something can become an example and not be the reason. Mm-hmm. And this is, to me, kind of what that was. Illustrative of the relationship, but not... Uh, a directional to anybody in a position of power, casting or otherwise. Teresa looks at Melissa as if she was the judge who sentenced her to camp. Teresa never loved Melissa, ever. And the way Teresa looks at Melissa, I don't think the constant notion of saying, hey, it's for the check. I think it works season three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. And I just think Teresa at the point now where it's like, I was a professional. I did I did my job. I did everything you guys asked me to do. I'm telling you physically, physically, I can't even look her direction. So if you force them in a scene together and you force Teresa to talk to her, you're going to see like, and, and that's my concern, Sarah, watching it will, will feel like you guys are forcing these women to converse and it doesn't feel natural. And that's my concern for the show moving forward. You're, I think you're spot on. I think that is honestly a little bit of an aha moment. What you said about Teresa looking at Melissa and seeing honestly the face of the judge who sentenced her. I, I think that there is something very spiritually to be said about that. And I think that's concerning. I don't know how much of that has to do with Melissa's behavior. I think a lot of that starts with Teresa. And the fact that at this point, a hundred years later, we are still litigating who sent Teresa to camp when the answer is so fucking obvious that I think Andy was in a place of shock when it's like, Joe, who Teresa even said, wasn't trying to hurt me, but maybe he was out to fuck, you know, screw with Juicy Joe. Joe Gorka did not send her to jail. Her husband did. Mm -hmm. Her husband betrayed her. Her husband deceived her. So when we start to conflate Mm -hmm. what happened with the Gorkas joining the show and who is responsible for some of the biggest heartbreak of her life, losing time with her parents, losing her marriage, having to survive as a single parent and 
provide for her kids and pay back taxes and everything else, that is not on Joe Gorga. So when we get into a conversation of you didn't film with me, I only, you know, let you come to the to the prison when the contracts were signed for the spinoff and you didn't film with me and putting food for the kids on the table. Like I get some of Teresa's upset there, but it feels like there's a lot of misplaced anger mm-hmm. and rage. And I say that noting that, as you just said, really eloquently and correctly, I think when it comes to having faith, Teresa never had faith in Melissa like she did in Jacqueline, like she did in Caroline, like she maybe did in Daniel Staub for three seconds. Like mm-hmm. you can't lose the faith if you never had it, which doesn't mean that another person's behavior can't hurt you. But the stakes were much higher for her friends because she really did consider them family. So like your spot on there and the thing that I've talked about on Andy's Girls, which is a pod all about the psychology behind the housewives is how I don't think this is in any way realistic and I don't know what it would actually do long-term, but I think short-term, if there was a conversation, but, and this is imaginary, this isn't going to, I under, I acknowledge this like exists in my head. This is my own spiritual arsenal. But if it was possible to have not Louie there, but Teresa in a room with Teresa and Melissa or Teresa and Melissa and Joe, maybe just Teresa and Melissa and have a conversation where maybe Melissa says, listen, We were in a shitty dynamic as sisters-in-law before. I'm not going to get into it. We can have a conversation about whether I went behind your back to join Housewives. That's the original sin. What I can acknowledge is regardless of who Facebooked whom first, I understood that me joining the show would fuck with you. I think we could move forward a little bit. And to me, as a Gorgina Crunch, that's not me thinking that Melissa is the devil. That's me thinking that These are two people who are already in a toxic dynamic as sisters-in-law, and Melissa understood that joining the show was going to upset her sister-in-law, and she did it anyway. I I don't think that makes Melissa the devil. I think that makes Melissa someone who sees an opportunity. But until they get to that point and figure out a way to meet in the middle with the original sin, how Melissa joined the show, I don't know that we can get anywhere else. Well, and that's the thing. I agree with you. I said, I said, if Melissa would have said, look, bitch, I did it. We weren't friends. I'm sorry. Let's move on. I bet. But guess what, honey? I've been on the show for 10 years. Kiss my ass. I would have been like, right. yes, Emlo. Now go perform, with, <laughs> go perform with Shakira at the Super Bowl, bitch. Like work. But I got it. So by, in, in, in closing of that particular section, I agree with you 100%, Sarah, but this the gag. I don't care to hear y'all talk about that shit anymore. I'm over it. Like, I, I want to move on from it. So I guess we'll just have to see, Sarah. Can I just say one little PS? Of course. Which is circling back a little to something that I have acknowledged once or twice. Ooh. But I do just want to say... And this might be too, like, cynical of me, but I also think it's obvious and very realistic. The best case scenario for Teresa right now is for Joe and Melissa to return to the show. Because if Joe and Melissa were not on the show and Teresa was, all of the attention next season would shift to being on Louie. Because there is so many questions, there are so many questions about them, about him. He did not behave well at the reunion, and people are genuinely concerned. I don't think Teresa or Louie, regardless of whether or not there's any merit to that, I don't think they would want that to happen. So to have Joe and Melissa on 
might still include Louie conversation, but it wouldn't be all hands on deck, 18 different arsenals looking directly at him. And I know that's a difficult pill to swallow, but so is Louie. So, I mean, <laughs> consider it vitamin G like to have the Gorgas back. Not vitamin Gorgita crunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sarah, you are a hoot, honey. So look, again, and guys, I want to say this on the record. So listen up, quiet the music, quiet everything. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> if next season is good, I'll be the first bitch to acknowledge it, admit it, and we'll eat some humble pie. Because I'm always going to be honest. I am telling you guys, I am going to watch the first episode. That's the best I can promise you, Raindrops. Carlos King the First is promising on my national platform that I will watch the first episode of the upcoming season of The Real Housewives of New Jersey. And baby, if you guys don't hook me into something new and <laughs> fresh, then I'm out. I was out after two episodes last season, so I'm a man of my word. And if I'm wrong... I will come back on this podcast, make me some plant-based humble pie, and eat that <laughs> motherfucker in front of everybody. Okay? We love a gluten-free crust. Ah! So just keep that in mind. It will be crunchy like a oh, gorgita. Now, Sarah, it. before I let you go, my love, the Real Housewives of New York City reboot premiered recently. We're going to recap that much later um, this season, but... You just so happened to have gone to the premiere, the red carpet premiere that featured the new cast, Andy Cohen, some other Bravo celebrities, I believe. Can you tell us what happened at this red carpet invite only premiere party? So I was fortunate enough to attend the premiere party, which was last night at the Rainbow Room here in New York City. Extremely bougie affair. It was like, a lot of fun. All of us got absolutely sloshed, like full on turtle time with champs. Um, Andy was mingling with the crowd throughout the night. The cast was mingling. I did use my go girl, give us nothing in conversation with Jenna Lyons, who I was like, you're the reason I wore chambray and a pencil skirt when I interviewed Kristen Tateman. And she said, you know, this season, I feel like I'm a little bit of a dud. And I said, no, Jenna, we want that. Like, go girl, give us nothing. I literally said that to her in a group of people. I was like, yes, queen, like, don't <laughs> deliver. Like, let's see what that energy is like. Like, we don't always need an alpha. We need someone maybe to be a little tapped out. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's an under promise. I'm not quite sure. But unfortunately, Word has gotten out of a little unfortunate occurrence, which is that one of the cast members fell ill on the red carpet. Jessel had flown, I guess, all night from Australia and hadn't slept and was very tired and unfortunately was sick on the red carpet and in the bathroom because I think her body, like it wasn't, being drunk, overserved, or anything. I think she just had a little tummy situation or what else. And I just was like, oh my God. And this is your introduction to the press and like such a big night in your life. And she really was sick. I'm gesticulating with my hands. Vomiting. A little bit, of a, little bit like on the red carpet. Make, 
and they had to direct people around it while they were cleaning up. I felt so badly for her. And I said to a friend who works at Bravo, I was like, take my electrolytes because I always have emergency Gatorade Zero. I was like, I have different (laughs) flavors. If she wants grape, if she wants cherry, like I'm here for our girl. Like make sure she has electrolytes. Yeah, poor, poor Jessel. I think she left early, understandably so. Yeah. Were the cast nice? Yeah, I got to spend time with Bryn, who's essentially America's sweetheart. Every the entirety of this used to be gay Twitter, but is now gay threads. Every single person I know is obsessed with Bryn and her tagline. What is it? If you make me mad, I'll date your dad. Are you kidding me? That's beyond iconic. Work bitch. Yeah, she was lovely. And also they all looked so hot. Like they were dressed to dress sparkles everywhere. I mean, and I spent a, a while talking to Tony Danza, who was there. Shay um, Diaz on TV Daddy from uh, and Just Like That. You mean to tell yeah, me just Shay, like that. Shay Diaz dad, Tony Danza was there? <laughs> Tony Danza was there like, why am I here? Tony Danza was there. Wait, you're going to die. Carlos is literally bent over wheezing. Carlos, you're going to die. Do you know who else was there? This is like so random, but I was delighted. Eve Plum, who played Jan on the original Brady Bunch, was there Girl. in pearls, in like a triple strand of pearls. <laughs> and like a boucle, like little jacket or something. It might not have been boucle, but it was like tweed or something. You mean like, to tell me Jan from the Brady Brunch was actually at the premiere of the reboot of New York City Housewives? I was like, so lovely to meet you. Great American history. And like, wh- how do we find ourselves here? Like, how <laughs> how did this happen? And I think she was with someone or so. I don't even remember, but it was it was wonderful. And just like that. I mean, so many cameos from it has to be an indicator of a good season. They have television history there. Who's the boss? Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Okay. I mean, they brought out old school versus new school. No, old school meets new school. That, that's what was happening. So, well, girl, listen, I have to invite you back to recap one of the episodes of the reboot of the Real Housewives of New York City just to see if we think it's living up to the standard of its <laughs> predecessor. But before I let you go... Please let the world know, my sweet pea, where they can find you, follow you, and support your amazing, very successful podcast. Well, first off, Carlos King, you were a recent guest host, co-host on Andy's Girls, and it was a literal bucket list moment for me because Aww. all Bravoholics know that you have an important place in history. You're a part of the canon, and you're also incredibly generous and supportive as you know, a podcaster in this universe. So I can't thank you enough for having me on. I absolutely squealed over the invitation. And um, truly, there is no one I would rather deep dive with. And also, P.S., I have so many questions for you about Atlanta. So I would... Oh, we got to do another one with that. I mean, I really, truly have about 45 questions for you about the future and your experience and your thoughts. So anyway, all this to say... A total thrill to be in the presence of the king. And um, listeners, Raindrops can listen to Andy's Girls, a semi-weekly podcast deep diving all about the psychology behind the housewives, which we consider a mix of C-SPAN and Ayanla Fix My Life, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And I also do a segment called Taking It Personally, where I apply that idea of talking psychology and connection through TV to non-Bravo TV, which you can listen to once a week 
on the same feed. And follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. Thank you for listening to Reality with the King. New episodes drop every Tuesday. Share, comment, follow, and subscribe to Reality with the King wherever you get your podcast. Visit realitywiththeking.com and be sure to follow me at thecarlosking underscore on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and yes, baby, my YouTube channel where you can get all of my visuals, baby, my expressions. Yes. And don't forget, tweet me your thoughts and hot takes about this episode using the hashtag realitywiththeking. Reality with the King is a production of Kingdom Reign Entertainment. It is produced by Sierra Spragley Ricks and executive produced by me, Carlos King. King the Rain Entertainment, baby!